Welcome to Energy Efficiency Markets Podcast, where we provide news and analysis about energy efficiency, markets, and trends. This is Lisa Cohn with Energy Efficiency Markets, and today our guest is Mike Hopkins, CEO of Ice Energy, which just announced it's been awarded a five-year contract from Riverside Public Utilities to provide five megawatts of behind-the-meter thermal energy storage. We're going to talk a little bit today about um, the energy storage market in California. Be sure to pick up our free newsletter at energyefficiencymarkets.com to get an early jump in prospects and trends from some of the most experienced reporters in the business. That's energyefficiencymarkets.com. Hi, Mike. Hi, Lisa. Now, so tell me a little bit. We've got this initiative in California, um, and I'm wondering, can you give me kind of an overview of what's happening with energy storage in California? Sure. Well, there are dramatic developments in energy storage in California that began back in 2013. Prior to 2013, energy storage for the electricity grid was, I would say, really a research and development uh, exercise. We had multiple different technologies being developed uh, and marketed and sold by multiple different companies, but utilities were not buyers, and really neither was anyone else, of energy storage in large scale. Uh, really what was happening was there were various technologies being piloted as a research and development exercise, mm-hmm. and we were included in that. Ice Energy was an active participant in the market, but you could characterize pretty much all of the work that we were doing from when we began in 2003 up to around 2013 as largely pilots, research and development work in conjunction with our utility partners. In 2013, the state of California mandated that the investor-owned electric utilities incorporate, procure, certain minimum quantities of energy storage for their grid, um, specifically 1,325 megawatts of energy storage to be procured by the three investor-owned utilities. And that was over about a five-year period from kind of then up to, I think, 2020. The, um, The first investor-owned utility that uh, had an energy storage mandate on them was Southern California Edison. They were the first one that went out to the market with a uh, request for offers that included a carve-out for a minimum quantity of energy storage, uh, and pretty much everybody in the energy storage industry competed for that, including us, and we were one of the four that was successful and, and awarded contracts. But I I would say, Lisa, that in 2013, going forward, the market is entirely different. Uh, That was a a sudden, dramatic turning point in the market. Since 2013, we've been operating in a market that is quite vibrant. It is definitely commercial. It is not research and development anymore. Uh, Utilities are not talking about why is storage good or whether they might consider energy storage, uh, they're past that. They Mm -hmm. are 
really all of them now, looking seriously at and actually procuring energy storage in large quantity. Um, can you characterize that? Can you quantify when you say large quantity? Well, the, the very first utility, uh, Southern California Edison, that uh, had a, a mandate put on them, in their case that was 50 megawatts, uh, they actually procured, instead of 50, they actually procured 260 megawatts. So they bought more than five times what they were required to. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a big surprise to everybody, including us, I would mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. It was also a big surprise that they procured each each procurement, like each contract they awarded, at least it was uh, quite large. They were kind of 25 50 megawatt contracts. They were not five or smaller. Uh, there was, I think, a, a generally held belief that when Southern California Edison was ordered to buy 50 megawatts, that they would buy 50 megawatts and, and not more than 50 megawatts. And that furthermore, they would spread it out. They would, you know, instead of buying two contracts of 25 megawatts, they were more likely to spread it out and buy, you know, 10 different contracts, five megawatts each, so that no one contract would really be a, a really a, a commercial project. They'd all look like a bunch of pilots. They didn't do that. They actually made very large awards to a relatively small group of companies, which, again, I'd say is what you would expect to see in a real market uh, where, where people are, are developing and delivering uh, grid scale projects. So, um, that, that's wh- when did that happen? Of, of the size, uh, the awards were the process started um, back in uh, back in 2013. Uh, that's when they issued the RFOs, um, the request for offers. The actual awards were announced uh, late last year in uh, November of 2014 is when they announced the, the, the winners of that process. And in the meantime, uh, as, a, as a participant, I can tell you that was a, a long and grueling process. The, the, re- the request for offers that they issued was, was uh, a pretty challenging uh, set of requirements that you had to meet as a participant. It, it had a very intense information requirement. You had to provide them a lot of data. Uh, the negotiation of the contracts was long and also difficult. Um, I think the reason for that is really for the first time ever, at least to my knowledge, you had a utility that was inviting all types of resources, uh, conventional generation, renewable generation, energy efficiency, demand response, combined heat and power, energy storage, uh, inviting all of these resources to compete for the same capacity requirements. Mm -hmm. So they had these pretty significant capacity requirements, but instead of saying, well, I just want this for this, and I, I only want to consider this type of resource for this issue, they invited everybody to compete on a level playing field. And I believe that that was a very challenging uh, exercise, not just for us. It was definitely challenging for us. But I think it was a very challenging exercise for the utility to come up with a way to 
levelize, have a level playing field mm-hmm. for really very different resources, right? If you're trying to compare a power plant to a product like ours, the Ice Bear, and compare that to an energy efficiency program, that's a that's a challenging thing to do. I believe that they actually did that. I think that they actually pulled that off, that they mm-hmm. were they did the work and they took the time to actually do that. Um, and I think that that is a that is that is a sign of the future. I think that is what we're going to see going forward. I don't think we're going to see a lot of uh, requests for people to just biff storage and have a, an RFP where all people want is storage. Well, that'll obviously happen sometimes. But I think what's going to be more typical is going forward, utilities, when they need capacity, will be inviting all technologies, all types of resources to compete for their capacity requirements. Mm-hmm. And so obviously uh, what SCE found was that it was cost-effective to use energy storage. That's correct. If it wasn't cost-effective, they clearly would have purchased no more than what they were ordered to procure. Uh, they would have procured 50. So having purchased five times that or more than five times that, um, yes, clearly cost-effective. I think they've gone on record since the announcement of the awards confirming that that is, in fact, what they found, that it was highly cost-effective, highly competitive with other resources, and that's why they bought more than they needed to. You know, if it wasn't cost-effective, I'm not even sure they would have bought what they were ordered to. I think they, they certainly would have been allowed to have gone back to the regulator uh, if, they, if they found it wasn't cost-effective and made the case that they shouldn't procure even the minimum amount because it just wasn't cost-effective. However, you know, I think they, they found what, what we already knew. Uh, ICE Energy had been through multiple cost-effectiveness studies with multiple utilities prior to the SCE competition. And we had seen for ourselves and had utilities confirmed that at least we are highly cost-effective. Thermal energy storage is highly cost-effective. It's just before SCE it was kind of an academic exercise. We were found to be cost-effective, but utilities weren't motivated, generally speaking, to procure storage other than in very small research and development amounts. Now, for SCE, I'm assuming they're trying to integrate some renewables. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Uh, SCE, like other utilities in California, I think are, are all very focused on the increasing adoption and integration into the grid of renewables. They all have targets. They're all pursuing those targets. Um, That's actually why storage, I think, was mandated. It's why storage was inevitably going to be part of the grid. I think the mandate just accelerated what was going to happen anyways. And that is, if you're going to increasingly have renewables as part of your grid, you have to have some form of storage because renewables are, by their nature, intermittent. Wind is not constant. So it's, it's a great resource, but wind doesn't blow either consistently or constantly. Mm-hmm. You have periods where the wind drops off and you've got what the grid sees as a sudden drop in generation. Similar with solar. Great resource, 
but again, it's neither consistent nor constant. You can have a change in it. Uh, the change can be sudden, just by cloud cover. What you see there is the same as a drop in wind. You see right. a sudden and drop in generation. Yeah, and, yeah, and I think and, a lot of people understand speaking, that. The grid can't handle it. Okay, yeah, and I yeah. think a lot of people understand that. I was just asking if um, I, I saw something came across my desk today that said that uh, um, oh, a huge amount of the new um, energy brought on the grid is solar, I believe. Um, solar made up 32% of all new U.S. generating capacity in 2014. So um, obviously there's a need for um, storage to integrate it. Um, all right. Well, this has been really interesting. Um, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. And how do we learn more about your company? Uh, you can go to our website, www.ice-energy.com, and there's lots of good stuff there. Okay. Well, thank you, and congratulations on your latest uh, award. Thanks, Lisa. Bye-bye. Be sure to pick up our free newsletter at energyefficiencymarkets.com to get an early jump in prospects and trends from some of the most experienced reporters in the business. That's energyefficiencymarkets.com. Mm -hmm.